Hello, and welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. My name is David. I'm Chris. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm ready to rip. Ready you to feel run. good? Ready to go. You feel good? I'm good. How good? On a scale of 1 to 10, how good would you say you feel? I feel 10. I've been feeling a solid 10 recently, most of the time. Really? Yeah. Really? Things are good. Yeah, things are clicking. Really? Yep. Birds are chirping. Really? Shining. You're saying really like you're doubting... I'm just surprised. The veracity of what I am Maybe we haven't talked that much lately. Yeah, I only talk to you when I'm doing bad. Yeah, yeah, that's (laughs) good for you, man. Dave is a great person to talk to when you're down, though. Why? Because it's also like you just offer like very solid sort of, um, I wouldn't even call it advice. You know what? This is actually in my notes. This is great. We're segueing right in. I have these dopey notes I keep in my phone stuff Mm -hmm. to talk about. And uh, Dave was asking me to read what the notes were that I had for the episodes. And I said I didn't want to actually read this one to him because I wanted to bring it up. So I called Dave and I was really upset about shit like, I don't know, a month ago or something. And um, I was just not, not a very good space. And Dave was telling me what I need to do to get out of it. And I don't know if you remember this, but Dave actually specifically tells me what type of shows I should watch. What did I say? <laughs> you told me that um, I should not watch a show, that I need to watch movies. <laughs> that was your advice to me. <laughs> I don't know why, but that was what you said. You said, don't just start watching a show. You said you need to like watch a movie and sit down and pay attention. <laughs> Like that was going to help me. <laughs> so you're making fun of me now. I am, but like, why did you say that? Does that sound like something you'd say? Like, why would your brain come up with that? Because As being better. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Number one, because you don't, you have a real problem with not giving a shit. That's yeah. like a big problem. For I'm us. not doubting that. And you watch shows. What do you want to know? What's funny though? The reason I was in such a bad place was because I was giving a shit about something. You were giving shit about one thing, and then not giving a shit about everything else. So what I was trying to suggest to you is clear the one thing out, and rather than watching something you've seen a hundred times, which is what <laughs> you usually do, and think about the one thing, watch oh, something. Watch the novel can, stimulus yeah. instead of watching Seinfeld and think, for and all, the 50th time. But all you do is watch Star Trek or Seinfeld and think about the thing that you're bugging out about. Yeah, because uh, you wouldn't, because it's mindless shows. You me, wouldn't yeah. get anything from the new thing. You, you, I mean, you wouldn't get anything from see, that See, this show. is what I'm talking about, Dopey Nation. Do you see why Dave is good to talk to? Because you talk to somebody else, they're going to give you some spiritual hogwash, which is good stuff. It's good to do, but this is very practical, meaty advice. Well, it would have been better if I suggested a movie. You'd be a great therapist. Did you ever Did you watch um, that show, uh, Arrested Development? I did. What do you mean? I used to watch it at your house. I used to watch it you at your house. You wouldn't pay attention to, to it. No, no, no. I used to watch Arrested Development at your house while you were working. I'd come in and do Dopey. I'd spend the night on your couch. You would go to work, and I'd spend all day watching Arrested Development. The new ones, because I, I had seen the old ones. The funniest thing on Arrested Development is uh, when, um, what's his face, uh, Tobias, the the the. the an analyst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, uh, he, psycho- the he's an analyst and he's a therapist. Yeah. So he puts it together as analrapist, yeah. <laughs> which is anal rapist yeah. on the card. I just think that's so funny. It is funny. And uh, that show, just the tone, the fucking oh, it's great. I love that show. So funny. It's very sarcastic, sarcastic and witty. I'm watching... And it's also just depraved. It's just like very like sad and but funny. I don't know. It's a good show. I like it. I, I started watching um Transparent again. Yeah, I'd never seen it. That's I, with the dad, right? From Yeah, yeah. from from Rest of Development. 
Wait, my, we gotta be careful. I know. This is what we do. My friend, my friend Justin, who listens to Dopey, and he's a genius. He wrote Good So Bad with me. Yeah. And he's a lawyer. He, um, he's like, Dave, when you talk about TV shows, why don't you just talk about Taxi? There's no show that matters like Taxi. He's like, why don't you talk about The Odd Couple and Taxi? All these new shows you guys watch, you're fucking gay. <laughs> I've never watched either of those. Although you I never a, watched Taxi? I'm a fan of Andy Kaufman. I read a book about him, but I never... You didn't watch Taxi? No. Do you know the theme music for it? Yeah, sort of. Play it's, it, though. Oh, it's so beautiful. We gotta be careful with this line of conversation, because we start doing this, and the next thing you know is 30 minutes later. I don't care. Yeah, I don't really care either. What's the difference? <laughs> Just talk for a second. Uh, okay. Did you watch The Odd Couple? I don't even know what that is. Really? That's a great theme song, too. It's one of those things that people always reference. and then I'm like, The Odd Couple was was a show built around, I think, a Neil Simon play or movie from the 60s. And it's about like these two men whose wives left them and they're forced to live together. And one is very neat and one is very messy. Oh, okay. It's a classic show from the 70s. But Taxi is a... I used to always, okay... Um, when I would, for some reason, there was a period where I would cop at night, and it was a very, very not a long period that I would cop at night. I I love to cop in the morning, but there was a period. That's actually people don't non-drug addicts don't realize that the highest traffic time for copping is actually in the morning. People think it's this like night game that happens at like one a.m. No, the fucking junkies are going nuts in the morning usually. Well, fucking was that your experience? Said so, um, just. Keep talking because I'm trying to find this thing. I'm sorry. Just type in taxi theme song to Google it. Dave looks like an old man trying to work as a phone. <laughs> I am. <laughs> you just need some glasses at the so, tip so, of your nose and be looking over them. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I have to play this though now. It's like I'm fucked. I'm totally fucked. I feel like I know it and I want to hum it, but I know it's going to be way wrong. Let me see. I know I'm going to hum the theme song for Wonder Years. That should be the intro. That should be the dopey theme song. Fine, let's do it from now on. Danny DeVito's in Taxi. Yeah, Yeah. it's it was fucking Judd Judd Hirsch, uh, Christopher Lloyd. Oh yeah, I remember the Andy Kaufman, Danny DeVito, Mary Lou Henner, and then some other guy. Um, So I yeah, I mean in my experience, if I was comping late at night, chances are I was getting ripped off. Or I was just getting fucked, or like or I was drunk. I, or you don't drink. I wasn't drunk. I was no. sick. No. You know, it was something bad. If you go to cop, I mean, copping without a phone number is just such an archaic thing to do. I think like copping without like. There's this weird sick draw to it, though. Well, it's exciting because you don't hustle. know. It's, it's like part of the. It's part of the whole fucking thing. But what a bad People deal. People are addicted to it. You know, People come in to rehab, and if they cop without a phone number on the street in those open air markets that's like as much of an addiction trying to get over it they get so caught up in that lifestyle especially people who aren't from that people do you know what i mean people from upper middle class areas that they like it they well, you know it's like it's like some of them it's like now right now there's this trend with children 
that they buy these toys. They're shitty toys, but they come in a box where you can't see what you're going to get. They're called mystery bags. Yeah. And you buy like a My Little Pony mystery bag and you don't know what the pony inside is going to be. Or you buy a shop. And all mystery. the ponies suck no matter what. But, but they even have a YouTube channel called Surprise Eggs where it's people opening up these things and describing it. There's 50 million views of these opening this thing. And for a junkie, it's this surprise egg. You might get burned. It's a story. You might get fired. You're never going to see it again. It's a story. And let me tell you one thing, though, is also when you go cop, like you talk about being present and in sobriety, that that's what you're searching for. You're fucking in the moment when you're going to cop. Do you know what I mean? Explain. Meaning like you're firing at all cylinders. I mean, you're, you're hyper-focused on getting a bag and getting it into your arm in the future in that sense. But at the same time, though, it's like you're not thinking about anything else. You know what I mean? That's just in like, you know, you're, you're, it's laser beam focus. Oh, right. And you can't think – and you could, you could burn a thousand bridges from your house to the cop spot and you, all you care about is this thing. Yeah. And when, like you can see the neighbor. You're like, fuck you. You see your mom. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> I'm going. You know, it's just like yeah. you're like on a mission. But, like, the only times you're copying is if you, either you don't have a habit and you're like, eh, let's see what I can find, or you're totally sick. Because once you have a habit, you have your people. Yeah. You know I what mean, I'm I, we have a different story, though. I was always, like, running out of rehab and, like, running around on the street for, like, a month. And so, you know, it wasn't, I didn't have a job and a, an apartment and, like, a habit. I just was like, do you know what I mean? I get like really thrown into it for a month and then I'd be back in rehab. I would go jail. years with the same dealer. Like like we'd, yeah. we'd exchange Christmas cards. I think the, lo- the longest. <laughs> I think the longest. Dear Flacco, may your holiday be bright and true. Yours <laughs> always, David. I gave one of my dealers once a bag, he's a Dominican guy, a bag of my old clothes, which had sneakers in it too. He asked me if I had anything. And, uh. Every time I wore him, he was only wearing my clothes. And I'm six one. He was probably five foot four. And uh, it's it like, dude, so didn't you big. make money off selling drugs? Dude, he was some. What's I don't even remember his name. I remember he lived on Hosmer Street. But he and, used. Uh, he used. He would sniff it, and then he started trying. I started running out of money, dude. I <laughs> oh, I forgot. So I was, I'd meet him, and um, he didn't speak English very well. And I spent. Over the course of just, I don't know, $40,000 with him over the course of a year. You know, I spent a lot of money. I was seeing him, and I see him, like, every day. And uh, I started to, like, you know... How could you possibly guess $50,000? Like, how is that your guess? Uh, I said $40,000 because I made $50,000. I was making $25 an hour, and I was working a little bit of overtime, and I had expenses paid for... Where were you working, radiologist? No, I was working construction. I was working because everybody hated me at this construction job. It was a job that my dad got me um, for a, a like a company he did business with, and they paid me like a foreman. And it was basically just like it didn't matter what they paid me because they did business with my dad's company, where they would just basically charge my dad more. So they paid me like a foreman, but I was like a general laborer, and I was also like worse than the average general laborer. So the average general laborer is making fifteen. This is also like. 2007, 2000, or 2009, the average um, general labor is making $15 an hour. I probably should be making 13 and I'm making 25 and getting overtime and just a total junkie. You know, at one point in the summer, they're like, why do you always wear long sleeves? Um, what would you say? To hide my track marks. <laughs> <laughs> I have track marks. Yeah. I really don't want you to see them. Uh, so anyways, dude, he was like, I go... 
uh, pick. I started seeing this guy. He lived in Hosmer Street. It was like Mattapan. Um, and he's fucking. That's like, Boston, Hosmer, and Mattapan. Yeah, Those I don't like even pronounce it. Horribly named streets. <laughs> I never. No, no. Maybe on the corner of Hosmer. No, 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 and Mattapan's Mattapan. the name of like the of like the city or town or whatever. Um, and so fucking, I'd go get him, and I'd call him to meet him, and it was just. I'd be like, let me get one. He was sold 50s, you know? I'd be like, let me get one, let me get two, let me get three. Like, 50s of dope. Yeah. And so I... I never bought a 50 of dope. It was like five bags. It was 40 and he raised it to 50. It was probably still 40. You know what I mean? And uh, I never bought a 40 of dope. Really? It was like corner bags, you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, and so I uh, I go and I started meeting him. Like, let me get two. And I'd show up and I didn't have any money. And he'd just give it to me and I'd be like, I got you next time. And he would get so mad, but he didn't speak English very well. But I also saw him so much, he didn't want to lose my business. So he just kept on doing this. And I'd pay him sometimes. I just kept on accruing this debt, do you know what I mean, over yeah. and over. And then I remember I finally the shit hit the fan. I moved back home. I had no money. I would lost the job at the construction place. And I was going to go to detox. And uh, I remember just – I literally – I didn't even have a cell phone anymore. I just took my mom's car and I went to where he he lived, and I just started screaming his name outside the window until he came out. Um, and then he started trying to get me to go meet people. And he would I would sniff. I was I was shooting it. I didn't have a syringe. But I remember that time I was sniffing with him, and he was trying to get me to go meet like new people he was supposed to meet. You know why? Because he was afraid to meet them for the first time. And he so went, you were like his muscle? I was like, not his muscle, his fall, man. <laughs> or like if they were a cop. Do you know what I mean? It was like new clients. Right, right. And I wouldn't do it. I said no. Listen, before we go any further, let's do the ad. Oh, yeah, we should do the ad. Okay. Dopey Nation is a big day this for is us. A big, this is when Dopey turns a profit. The Dopey turn, Dave and I are going to be so rich. <laughs> we've, spent, we've spent thousands of dollars on Dopey. And we finally had a dopey advertisement opportunity. and We've uh, had a couple of opportunities. We've had a couple of opportunities, but this one actually came through. Um, we're going to read this uh, little blurb, and maybe you guys should check it out. It has to do with counseling, um, and uh, maybe they could be helpful. Read that. Should we tell them what we get? We get 75 bucks for reading this. It's pretty cool. Defray the cost. How much money have you spent on Facebook ads alone? <laughs> I don't know, 500, no, 800 bucks. Do you think it's really done anything? It's a nothing. nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. I wonder. I don't spend money anymore. Even people who download the fucking thing don't look at our Facebook. Like, yeah. nobody looks at it. Okay, let me read this ad. So this, guys, this is for betterhelp.com. It's an online counseling thing. Pay attention, you know. I know there's a lot of you, a lot of you out there who struggle. And um, something is better than nothing. And... Um, let us know if you give this thing a try and if it's uh, if it's helpful. You're saying for people out in the dopey nation, for people who are unconnected, unwilling to do anything, and they're in a bad place, um, shoot us an email if you want, or give these guys a call. Or you can write a review about Chris's reading of the ad if you yeah. want. Okay, so BetterHelp.com makes it really easy to get your own online counselor. E-counseling is an effective, convenient, and affordable way to get help with many issues. You can get help with stress, anxiety, depression, relationships, career issues, self-esteem, addictions, and many other life challenges. All BetterHelp counselors are licensed, accredited professionals. BetterHelp allows one to connect with them in a safe and private online or mobile environment. Anything one shares is confidential. It's affordable. Getting started is free, so you can feel confident our service and the therapist we match you with is right for you. Then just pay a low, flat fee for unlimited sessions with your counselor. It's convenient. 
One can do it at your own time and at your own pace. Communicate with your therapist as often as you want and whenever you feel it's needed. BetterHelp is available at your time and at your place. To start your free week-long subscription, for as much contact as you need, just complete the questionnaire and enter your credit card details. It's safe and secure. If you don't need help beyond the first week, simply cancel your subscription with a click of the button. That's absolutely fine. If you find value... Is that what it says? That's absolutely fine? Yeah. If you find value, do nothing and automatically extend your subscription. Pricing varies between $180 to $280 per month for unlimited access. That's about the cost of a single in-person session with a similarly qualified in-person therapist. Give it a try today at betterhelp.com backslash dopey. That's B. <laughs> that's, uh, that's B-E. Better help than dopey. <laughs> no, hold on. Let me read it. Okay, I'm sorry. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P. Dot com backslash D O P E Y. If any of you guys actually do this, also let us know how it goes. Let us know if it's any good. Do it. Yeah. But don't I'd forget to, if you're not interested these, in keeping uh, it, don't forget to shut it off. I'd be in- yeah, don't forget to shut it off. I mean, you can give it a try for a week for free. Or even, you know what? Why doesn't somebody out there, you know, just give it a try for a week for free and see what happens and cancel it? Um, Maybe somebody who and actually needs help. I'm curious what these therapists are like for addiction. You know, who knows? It's good to talk to somebody. I think you did a really nice job of the read. Do you really? I feel like you were mocking me. I've heard you read things really badly, and I think you felt the money coming in, so you really <laughs> got up for it. What are we going to do? So 75, that took, what, three minutes? Three or four minutes? It took three minutes. Let's, 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 figure, let's calculate this Is out. Is that the best money you've ever made in your life? Okay, so three minutes... Um, Yes. Times 20, so 75 times 20, that's $1,500 an hour, times eight hours a day is 12000 times five days a week is 60000 What are you commuting? Times 52. Computing. So if you take what we just read and you change it into a yearly salary, we're making about $3,120,000 a year. I still don't see. I don't still. You spit on the table, and I still don't see your bit. I'm saying if you take that seventy five dollars we just earned from reading that, uh-huh. and you change that into a yearly salary based off of working eight hours a day, five days a week, we make about three million dollars a year. So other other people who want us to read your <laughs> shit, just give it to us, and we'll read it. And send us an email. Are we? Are we? Uh, is this all right? Are we sellouts for doing this? You I mean, are. I think it's counseling. Oh, we, Dave's like it was a counseling thing. They give us these ad things to we can apply to. So I applied to this one. We get another one for tea delivery for our, the monthly tea club. Loose Dave's leaf. like yeah, loose leaf tea. Dave's like apply to that one. I'm like, I, want, I like at tea. least this is counseling. You don't like tea? I've applied to the vape one and the counseling so one. You, Those you are the you only two. It? You didn't apply to the tea. No, I applied to the tea. <laughs> you one. did. Good. 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 <laughs> Listen, we don't have a Patreon set up. A because patron. Whatever. I don't want to fucking milk our, our, our peeps. Well, we just accosted their ears. I know. Do you guys feel raped by, by this thing? Well, we're going to do it four more times because the contract says five episodes. Yeah, so. I love you. But they seem to... They seem to want us to make money. We've gotten a bunch of emails that they say they want us yeah, to make money. Yeah, so sorry. And I'm happy we can read it. You know, it's not like some little if, thing we got to Maybe play. you guys should coordinate amongst yourselves. And if like five of you bought a t-shirt a week... We wouldn't have to read ads. Does that make sense? No. Well, it would actually have to be 
25 of you. <laughs> yeah. 25 of you we has make, to buy a t-shirt We make a like four or five dollars on a t-shirt, so it would be a lot more. All right. Thank you, BetterHelp. Yeah. You guys and just call for the them. donation, this isn't a money-making scheme for us. Although we BetterHelp is. That's a total out. money-making scheme. <laughs> no, let's just try to help people. I used to... Um, <laughs> let's get better, back to the show. BetterHelp. Okay. I, I, I used to fucking cop every morning in Los Angeles. I used to cop everywhere in the morning. I loved copping in the morning early. The earlier, the better. What the hell was that? It's a ghost. Well, I hope so. It was the ghost of... This house seems like it could have a ghost. It's got an old feel to it. Please don't... T- I get scared of stuff like Are that. Are you a ghost believer? A ghost believer? Are you a believer in ghosts? <laughs> Not particularly, but if a fucking scary ghost came and killed us, I'd be upset and scared. Yeah. Or if a ghosty thing happened, I'd get freaked out. Okay, what were you talking about, though? Cop and drugs or something like that? In L.A., I don't know if I've told this story... I I loved copping drugs in the morning no matter what. Like, I was, like, on about my business, but I had no business. In the morning, I, I remember I would cop at, I would cop not that early. I would cop at, like, 9.30, okay, in the morning. I, I remember because I would leave, or 10. When, just when Howard Stern was starting to read the news, I would go to cop. It would take me a half an hour to cop and come home. And when I, and every day, Howard Stern was on K-Rock. And every time I would come home, they would be playing... The same song by this band called Gorillas, you know. Oh, I'm happy. Yeah. Now I'm feeling that I got sunshine in a bag. I'm, I'm useless, useless. Yeah, I but not for long. The f- I thought that was such a dope song. I thought it was about dope. Yeah, there's another song I'm that's useless, <laughs> but not for useless. long because the few, like, I'm, I'm sick. I don't think that's what it's about. I know, but I was so <laughs> sick every time I heard oh, the yeah. song, I would be like, I'm useless, but not for long because the future is coming on. Yeah, I see the connection you're making. Um, but then in L.A., I would I would go out literally before the sun would rise. I'd go out, it was like 4.30 in the morning, and I would drive uh, to the 110 freeway, and there was this methadone clinic far away from downtown L.A., and my dealer was a blind man named Sergio. And I would sing to myself the song Let It Snow, but instead of singing Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, I'd go, Sergio, Sergio, Sergio. Because I was so excited to see him. Um, he was a... Bl- the rap yeah, I, I don't like it you know but their song feel good is really good all right we're That's gonna call this guy now well, wait no you finish your story you know, i did you snow you're snowing let it snow let it snow, let it snow. i would sing sergio 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 don't wait are you gonna call him right now did you already tell him that yeah because okay does he, does he think we're calling him now yeah okay well, i was gonna play the blurb from the podcast i was on oh yeah let's Should I do that first yeah all right so dopey nation i totally forgot i don't know why 72 episodes in we're finally playing this but like four or five years ago, I was on two. I was on a podcast twice, and we thought it would be real meta to play a blip from the podcast that I was on. And we're only going to play it for a second. Dave's never heard it. It's called the Growing Up Chaotic Show. Is this show still on? I don't know. Blue one's pretty cool, doesn't it? 
I actually was only on it because my boss was supposed to be on it, and then he canceled. For Joe? Yeah, and then I went on instead of him, and then it went pretty good, so she had me back on again. Thank you for joining me for the Growing Up Chaotic Show. I am your host, Dawn Clancy. Finding out that a friend or family member is struggling with addiction can stir up a thousand seemingly unanswerable questions. And in tonight's episode, I will be talking with Chris of Rebound, Rebound Brooklyn, an abstinence-based recovery program in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Chris is a returning guest to the show, and he will once again be drawing upon his personal struggles with addiction to help us answer some of the were most frequently asked questions from family members <laughs> and friends so, about I hadn't relapsed yet, no. How are you doing, Chris? Good. How are you doing, Don? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, I'm really excited to um, bring you back on the show because... I don't know if I mentioned this before, but when you were on previously, your show has been the most listened to wow. um, archived mm. episode on hey, my pause program. Pause this for a second. I don't want to oh, pause this. Well, I, don't pause. I think Dawn wanted to have sex with you. She's cute. Did she? Did she want to have sex? Uh, she's with you? got a uh, boyfriend or something. Okay, continue. Her husband or his kids. She is an Alanon. Be back, and that's uh, that's good to know. That's cool. That's you. Yeah, I mean, you have such great information to share with people, so I, I am excited to have you here again. All right, so like I said in the intro, we're going to be um, <clears throat> going through some of the questions that family and friends ask most frequently about addiction. So the first one I wanted to uh, jump in with is, how can somebody tell if a friend or family member has a problem with addiction? Well, I mean, I think the obvious thing to look for, and this is probably what parents do with their kids, I know it's what my parents saw with me as sort of a change in, in behavior and that's indicative of addiction or, you know, mental illness, um, which often comes out, you know, in the Why later teens, this? early adulthood. What do you so mean? Basically, like if it. there's what do you think? a change in interest, I mean, the obvious signs are like, it could be, um, schoolwork, you know, someone got straight A's, all of a sudden they get, they're getting, C's and D's or a change in, in, uh, in friends, you know, all of a sudden. How about money's missing, the jewels are gone, my bills are missing, Chris is coming home bleeding. Really for, for younger people, but I mean, really what happens in the later stages of addiction is people's world becomes smaller and smaller and more and more narrow. So what happens with that is friends and family get pushed out um, and they don't really hear from the loved ones as much so as I would say someone kind of shrinks away from the world that's usually indicative that something's going on whether it be addiction or something else but um, that usually goes hand in hand with, with drug abuse or alcoholism I'm sure all that's in your Why head is Dawn do you know where I can cop acid because I'm really looking to relapse so right now Dawn are you familiar with the dark web <laughs> Yeah, their next fix or their next drunk. I mean, I think back to when I was in when I was in college, and like it starts with you know. I mean, I'm sure you've heard the vernacular you know, pregame and pregames when you drink before you go out and drink, basically, and you do that right with, exactly. Yeah, with your friends, and so I would go pregame before we'd go out, and then you know, within a matter of of months, actually being at school, the, the pregame became the game, and then gradually over time less and less people really did it with me until I was just sort of drinking around the clock by I'm totally myself. playing it safe. It's just, I never went out. Really become a, <laughs> sort of a slave to, to whatever it is you're using. And, um, 
I'm trying to sound smart. Sort of yeah, some pre-dopey, <laughs> pre-dopey <laughs> nonsense. Yeah. 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 another 40 minutes of that. Yeah. It's brutal. I can't even listen to it for five minutes. You should be like, Don, um, do you know where I could get ecstasy because I was looking to candy flip this weekend? And maybe you could come over to the halfway house, get in bed with my urine bottles, and see what turns you on. Uh, where were you at this point? Sober. I was close by, dude. I was sober. I was you went over the sober living once. You came to the sober living. Yeah, I did. It was, <laughs> a, it was a tremendous night. He came hung out. Uh, you drank that night. Yeah, you I was. Mo- you had a mojito or something. I was smoking weed. Yeah. I wasn't sober. I was sober. For yeah, for a minute, <laughs> for a hot second. Um, no, that's funny. And you sound cool. You sound a bit like too cool. Too cool for mm-hmm. school, even. Too cool. I think I was speaking slowly and with a deeper voice. Yeah, your voice sounds very deep and very, like, yeah. <laughs> CD 101.9 is very cool, <laughs> like me. That was the old uh, Miles Davis CD 101.9 jazz station commercial. He'd go, yeah, I'm Miles Davis and CD 1.1.9 is very cool. Is that what? Like me. <laughs> All right, well, right, here comes Jesse. This guy, Jesse, I hope we could say Jesse. Yeah. (laughs) um, Is a, let's get him up. He's a, he's a a long time listener of the show, but there's more to say. So here, here we go. You hold it. No, 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 it's your phone. (laughs) Hello? Jesse. Hey, Dave, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you? You're on the show, just to warn you. Welcome Welcome to Dopey. Hey, Chris, what's up? Hey, Jesse, what's going on, dude? Good to hear your voice. Yeah, yeah. How's it going tonight, guys? We're good. First thing, can we call you Jesse? We didn't even know. Is that that okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I don't don't fucking care. How funny, man. Okay, so... So, Jesse, listen listen to Dopey. How did you find Dopey in the first place? You know, it's funny. I found it through the article they did in The Fix, because sometimes at work I use that just for topics, for groups and stuff like that. Um, so I, I checked that site here and there, and I happened to see, and I, I travel for, I commute to work, and I listen to podcasts all the time. And I was like, yeah, it sounds kind of up my alley, so... And then the weird, yeah, you go on. <laughs> so, the so part he, of it. he listened, and Jesse wrote, you wrote us uh, Chris's favorite story <laughs> yeah. that we ever got, the Odessa Cafe throwing up on the phone booth story. Um, and Jesse, I really mean that. I literally read that. I don't know why. It, like, I think a normal person would just be like, whatever. But when you talked about puking, the bathroom thing was funny, but puking on the, on the payphone, I don't know why. I, I couldn't stop laughing when I read that. <laughs> well, I think we're definitely kindred spirits as far as like the IV Coke use goes. <laughs> it, it's also oh. just such a great visual to see you like stumbling in the East Village. You, you need to throw up. I, I just see you picking up the phone to make a phone call, but instead of talking, you vomit on the receiver. That that's my visualization of it, which I think is hysterical. Um, but anyway, yeah. so we, we we read that email and uh, and it's just like cool story, whatever. And then I told a story. From high school, a non-drug-using story about uh, a game we played called Killer, and Jesse writes an email, and he's like, should I say the name of our school, or should I not do that? That's up to you. Um, Play it safe. Okay, yeah, I I won't, just to protect us both. 
Uh, and uh, and yeah. Jesse writes, did you go to this school? And I was like, yeah. And it turns out, and I we know each other. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like how, and then I ran into a kid that you knew the other day. And I was like, "Do you know this guy?" And I didn't mention any of it. And he was, and he described you. And I was like, "Oh my god, that's totally him," you know. But because our school it was, was so, it took me like it took me like a little while, and then all of a sudden, like it clicked, like who you were, like because we didn't re- we weren't like friends, but we had lots of mutual friends. I think. Yeah, totally. How, how did you remember me in school? Was I a jerk? Was I nice? No, I. Actually, I remember you being funny. I was like I a goofball. Being funny, so yeah, yeah. I remember Jesse as being very handsome, dark, like a, a Dylan McKay character from Nine Hundred Two One Out. He hung out in the shadows and played baseball. There was a there was a darkness. You you saw the darkness in me uh, ahead of its time, I guess, because I was a, I was a pretty you know. I was a pretty decent kid in high school. I didn't get into too much trouble anyway. Yeah, when did it happen? It was probably about six months after I left. (laughs) 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 It didn't take long. Pretty much by the end of my freshman year of college, I was, I had a, you know, I had a dope habit of shooting dope. Um, I had a pretty weird arc, I guess, because like I... I spent a solid like three and a half years on and off with heroin after I got out of high school, and then pretty much put it down. I didn't I didn't touch it like pretty much through like my twenties into my thirties, but managed to ruin myself pretty bad with alcohol and coke and all the anything else I could get my hands on. And then um, sometime, I guess when I was like thirty four, thirty five, pretty much like. Right before I ended up finally getting sober, I uh, I got back into dope and, you know, picked up where I left off. How long was that? Was the end run? The end run was, the, the final run was like nine months to a year um, of solid use. I'd saved up a bunch of money. I'd been sober for like a year and a half before I went out. Um because I started trying to get it together around somewhere around 30, 31 or something like that. Um, and kind of bounced in and out of meetings and all that for a while and, and didn't get it together. And then ended up going out and, uh, yeah, it just got, it got brutal. You know, like I, I pretty much, I, I, I don't know how I ended up. I think it was because I was in crack houses all the time and dope just kind of found me. <laughs> They were like, are you, you know, are you looking, would you be interested in this? I'm like, yeah, there's my old friend. <laughs> right. So, you know, and well, I think the answer is just, point. they say, are you interested in this? And the answer is always just sort of, yes. I don't even know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I pretty much like, the, the, pretty much the order of things for me is like alcohol, crack, heroin. You know, and then by the end of it, I always end up with a dope habit where I can't afford any of the other stuff. So it's just like pretty much that. You get what you need, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And and how did you how did you get out of it? You know, I ended up pretty much. I, I ended up selling pretty much everything I owned on Craigslist, which was like. Craigslist was an awesome thing because, like, if you were planning ahead at all, like, you didn't have to deal with the pawn shops. You could actually get fair value for all your crap. 
And I pretty much, before I ended up selling my laptop, I went through and put, like, everything I had on Craigslist. Yeah, because you need the laptop to get the money for everything else. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think that was, like, one of the last things to go, you know? I I just remember being left in, like, an empty room with just a bed, and I was wondering if there was a way I could sell my bed. and and a friend of mine who had who you know who was sober I'd known for a while and had been kind of on me did kind of uh, someone saw me and was like shocked by how much weight I'd lost because I get you know I drop weight quick when I'm using so um I looked I looked pretty bad and uh he ended up calling me and he caught me in one of those moments of clarity of desperation or whatever so I agreed to go to detox and um yeah, you know you're bad when you're in detox, in like a public detox, and you overhear the nurses referring to you as the skinny one. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I did, you know, I did the, the five-day detox, and then I went from there into like a, you know, a typical sober house in the ghetto. Um, actually, probably about two blocks away from the crack house where I used to spend most of my time. Where was it? It was in Queens? Somehow I pulled it out. No, this was up in Connecticut. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and then, um, I don't know, man. Somehow I got through that month, you know? It was, uh, I think it was the, the Silver House helped, Fellowship helped, you know, tons of meetings. I'm not a big prayer guy, but that's something that got me through a lot because I would work nights at, uh, you know, I got the typical recovery job at some coffee house and I would be coming home at night with tips in my pocket, riding my bike right past, you know, all the crack houses where I used to hang out and I would just friggin' pray my way home. Right. Did you ever see anybody you knew like as you're biking home and you're, they're like, Hey man. And you're like, no, yeah, well, I pretty much put blinders on. I used to, you know, I dealt with that thing where they just keep calling you. Right. You know, because I was, the, I, I did that thing where, like, I would have, I always had a go-between. Like, there was a guy in the house who would go out and get me my stuff, <laughs> you know, and I'd throw him a bag here. Right, there, he made but, money from you, so he needed you. Yeah, he pretty much, you know, relied on me. Uh, so he didn't want to let go of that. You feel bad uh, for that guy at first. You're like, but you I do at first, and then you realize he's been ripping you off for like. <laughs> of course, but for the, the the first lie in your head is, oh, Juan isn't going to be, you know, he's, he's not my gonna, friend. Yeah, he's, he's my, my friend, friend. <laughs> and, I, and I'm going to fuck him over. But real, you know, you want to get high, but that's the funny, like the funny story you tell yeah. yourself. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, and you know, and it's funny. There's there's something too. Like I was thinking about it before you guys called, like, I, I actually, like, I liked those places, like, those disgusting places I would end up, those, like, crack houses and these just nasty apartments, like, I don't know, there's still a part of me that, like, kind of misses that, I don't know what it is. We were just, we were actually just talking about that before um, we called you, and I was just saying how sort of caught up people get in the lifestyle in general and I, a lot of time I think it's people who kind of come from like an upper middle class background or something you sort of get like the whole hustle everything it's all part of the addiction you know mm-hmm. yeah well not to mention yeah, I mean, I mean, the place that you and me okay. went to school uh, was like 
the most not dopey, not druggy place in the world. You know, it's all sorts of people moving and shaking. And I think, I know for me, once I hit total depravity, it was like, it was novel, but it was also way, it seemed to me, to my naive brain, that it was so much realer than any life I had lived. Totally. Like, that was the lie I told myself. And it's exciting. It's exciting. There's a rush. Yeah, yeah. Did you get that? Did you get yeah. that feeling? Like this is finally like it's like I had arrived kind of thing. <laughs> like that. that yeah. Definitely. When I was younger, there was like there was also that lame like romanticism, you know, that comes with like you know like the whole Burroughs thing and sure and like beats and like that, the whole thing. Like you just feel like it, it, like it, there's some there's something yeah there's something real about but, it. But Jesse, you want to hear something really or, funny? But, Chris doesn't know anything about that stuff. I was having a conversation. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> Chris doesn't know anything about any of that stuff. He just was oblivion seeking. He didn't get trapped by the by the the, the stories like you did and I did. Yeah, no, I was. I, I think in one of the emails I sent you, I was cracking up that like he had he hadn't heard any of like the Velvet Underground stuff. Like he had no idea about waiting <laughs> for my man. <laughs> Well, you gave me some good recommendations. It's just hysterical, though. It's just so weird. <laughs> like, like, the difference, because there's lots of kids, younger kids, who, who don't know anything about, like, William Burroughs or, like, Lou Reed or, like... But what do they know about? Or, like, Charlie Parker. What do they know about? They know about shooting cocaine. They know about Flacco and the... And the oh, the way, yeah, <laughs> which Rite Aid they can steal batteries from to get that fire shit. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Uh, do you do you do you have any kind of like uh, funny horrible dopey story you could lay on us? Um, well, there's I don't know. There's a couple of like just random little things that were coming to mind from stuff you guys have talked about. Like Chris has mentioned the, the psych ward a couple times. I think the other uh, like last episode or when you guys were talking about Forrest, I remember you were talking about the psych ward, and I ended up detoxing in this psych ward in Brooklyn. Um, pretty much because I ended up, someone brought me to the hospital and I was in a pretty bad state and they needed to detox me from alcohol, but they didn't have like a real detox. So they put me in their, their locked psych ward and it was, you know, like as it was, I was pretty fuzzy when I went in there and then they dope you up on all this librium and all that stuff. So the... Like, I remember coming to, like, in my room, and it was dark, and you know how, like, your eyes start to adjust slowly to the total darkness, and I'm... Yeah. I couldn't tell if I was hallucinating or not, but I feel like I'm seeing an alien in my room, like, with, like, (laughs) the giant head and the skinny body, you know, like, right out of, you know, your textbook, kind of... The gray alien. Yeah. Uh, But it's just, like, the silhouette. And like the X Files or something. I just more. It was actually this, this like Rasta guy who was a patient in the uh, in the ward had wandered into my room in the middle of the night and was just standing there like <laughs> swaying in the middle of my room. <laughs> and that's I, freaky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I I just remember flipping out and I, I'll never forget. All he said was, he just said error. Error. <laughs> <laughs> that's so. That's a scary story, though. Same word. I woke like 
the whole thing kind of happens in like weird vignettes, even in my memory, because I was so drugged up by them. But like, there was another time where I kind of all of a sudden kind of came, like, became aware of my surroundings, and I was sitting in like the lounge, and they had, um, they'd given us some like pudding, you know, like tapioca or rice pudding <laughs> or something. I'm sitting there like drooling pudding all over myself in a hospital gown and they were they were playing uh, Dancing with the Stars on the TV and all of the patients were all dancing <laughs> like reenacting the dances with each other like just kind of all around me it was it was one of the weirdest it was one of those moments where you know you can't rem- you can't figure out if it's real or not even while it's going on yeah Oh my god Those are great stories I, I don't know I love psych word stories They're so great But also As psych soon as well, it, The best part of psych word stories Is just like That's where we end up As drug addicts and alcoholics And we don't really belong there You know what I mean Like cause like no. <laughs> You're like a tourist In the psych ward <laughs> Well and you And you can't convince them that Like the nurses don't know Your diagnosis And they yeah. don't know you at all They just know that like they deal with a lot of crazy people and a lot of crazy people who tell, who try to tell them they're not crazy. So when you try and kind of pull that, like, listen, I'm not really like, I don't really belong here. Can I use the phone? Or, you know, like you try and like interact with them on a normal level and they just kind of give you that like Heisman stiff arm, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like put you back in your place. Like, you yeah. know, well, I'm sure Chris was in the psych ward explaining how normal he was until he started beating the window with the toilet seat to get his shot of Haldol or whatever. We're all very normal until we get what we need, you know, whatever. It's so funny. Yeah, the other, all the other stuff that I remember is all from, like, your neighborhood days in the Lower East Side, you know, which which is really funny, your old, where, where your apartment was. Like, yeah. That used to be, like, where I would it's amazing how much it changed but I remember that like when it finally like really started to change was when Giuliani came in and he just pretty much started arresting everyone who went down there and uh, I remember getting pulled in by these cops they just had like a big 15 passenger van that they would drive around the village and just like hit all the spots and just arrest everyone and they would just leg shackle everyone next to each other in the back of the van, and so you'd be stuck there for like three hours while they drove around and filled up the van. And I just remember, like, I, that, you remember that? <laughs> There's that song that goes like, "Please don't go." Yeah. Don't yeah. go. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I I just have this horrible memory of that. The cop, one of the cops was like in love with that song and just kept blasting it, <laughs> and he would like turn around through the cage in the van and look at us and, like, nod his head, like, yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) I was just, like, getting sicker by the minute and just knowing I was headed to the tombs. And now whenever I hear that song, I just, I just, oh, I go right back there. That's that's really funny. And what a bad feeling that is, too, going to the tombs, just when the sickness is, like, in the mail. And you know, like, in, in the middle of the night, you are just fucking done. You know, like, oh, yeah. and and if you're lucky, you get out in the morning and it all works out. But it, but if you're not, you know, what a bad, bad, bad night that oh, is. It's a, it's a, yeah, with the yeah, with a toilet in the middle of a cell with thirty other guys, and you really dope sick. <laughs> not a good scene. 
And now you're on the other side of it. You have you said you had seven years. Yeah, yeah. This summer I'll be eight. Awesome. And, and what's the, what? What's that like in terms of like you? Isn't it, is it hard to like have these stories, like and then have this time and and you have this you have a kid and you have a job and you know you have a life and you have these crazy stories. Like, how does it fit together? What is it? How does that work? It is. It's, it's weird. Well, that, to me, that's why. That's, for me, that's one of the biggest reasons why I need meetings. Is because like I need to, like, kind of honor that part of myself. Because mm. it doesn't really go away. Like you know, I mean, it definitely changes. Like I have a lot more trouble remembering stories now. Like you'd ask me five years ago, I probably would have had a lot more. You right. know, but um. You know, it, it uh, like, I need that part of it, especially because, like, I work in the recovery field, and, like, but I'm not openly in recovery in my job. You know, my job is pretty clinical, and I, I don't reveal that part of myself to my clients. So that's a really kind of weird thing to go through is, like, you know, we're talking about addiction, but it's never my turn, like... You know, yeah. so like I need to like, I need to go somewhere where I can I can get that part of myself out. And not to mention, you, know, you probably but, always sort of see the negative side of it uh, in your work, and it's kind of good to see people on the other side. Yeah. Well, you know, the funny thing is, like, I, you know, and I actually, I'm certainly not here to beat the drum for anything, and I, I know. Um, you know, everyone has different opinions about stuff. Like, I, I work in the field of methadone treatment, and um, it's certainly not, it wasn't part of my story. It's not something that I did. Um, you know, not, I never went on a program. I did plenty of methadone, but I never, um, you know, I never enrolled in a, in a maintenance program. But, um, and, and when I was offered the job, it wasn't uh, where I had seen myself working, but I definitely feel good about what I'm doing and I see it working for people. Um, I think there's certainly both sides to the coin with it. Yeah, of course. And we, um, we try to be impartial. And um, I mean, Dave is on the program and it didn't work for him, but we kind of try to, with Dopey, not just like be big book thumpers and say there's all different ways to get better, you know, however that looks. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely. I always hear, I always hear you kind of voice that that, line, that kind of line of reasoning, Chris, you know, I mean, for me, it was like, it wasn't like, it was an eye opener for me to see, because I can remember being in detox and then being like, do you want to get on the methadone program? And I was like, no fucking way, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I'm going to sober house. I have, you know, friends in AA, I'm getting clean again. You know, I don't want any part of that. Um, but I can also understand why they were looking at me like, this kid's nuts, he's not going to make it. Because I've had a lot of friends that died, you know, trying to do it the way I did it. And um, I think the big PR problem for methadone, and I'm not, like, part of it is there's a lot of problems with it, obviously. But the biggest PR problem is that the people that do really well, you don't see them. Like, they melt back into society. They're, like, they're your mechanic. They're your neighbor. Um, You know, they're your family member. And a lot of people don't know that they're on it 
Yeah. Well, they're also like the ones that can get it together. They're on a reasonable dose. They don't. They they get a ton of take home, so they don't have to be at the clinic and be part of that yeah, scene. Exactly. They come once a week or once every two weeks, and it's it's you know, um, I think it's a, a you know, I I see the good and the bad, you know, with it, and it's not necessarily maybe where I see myself working in, in ten years time, but I definitely feel like, you know, I, I, I'm able to see people getting better, which is, which is really nice. Yeah. I mean, whatever, whatever makes anybody's life, uh, better is, uh, is how I feel about it too. I, I was just in it because I was, uh, using so much and I couldn't afford, uh, to not get high. So I was like, fuck it. I'll just take methadone and get high when I can you know, and I did that for yeah. some, that was your intention. And I got trapped in it, and then I would test dirty so often I got up to like 140 milligrams or something, and uh, <laughs> and it never went away. You know, until mm-hmm. you know my mother was dying, and I was like, I got to get off this shit. And I, I, it took me like a year to drop the dose. You know, I dropped it yeah. for like a yeah. year, um, and like strategically where I'm gonna fucking use so I didn't ever test positive, and you know that whole uh, hustle. Yeah, that whole dance. Um, but I was so happy to get off of it, you know. That was a fucking joy. Uh, but I don't, I don't put anybody down for being on it. I just know that I wasn't going to be able to get clean until I got off of it or have a good life. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Know? No, absolutely. If it if it's not working for you, know, and and the the other thing is like, I've known a lot of guys who like have a chapter where they were on methadone and they're not on it now, and it, it like it wasn't how they got clean. It was like kind of a shitty chapter in their life. But a lot of them actually kind of admit that, like, it might have saved their life. Like, if they hadn't gone on it, they might have died, you know? Yeah. Yep. That could have uh, happened to me, too. Did you hear? Did you ever hear my methadone voice, Jesse? Did, did you? Did you did, the, the, the Brenda? Yeah. Do people talk like that there? Like, hey, uh, can I piss tomorrow? I, I need my take home today. Huh? You have no idea what, what I deal with on a daily basis with <laughs> take-home bottles and... Are there a lot of those, those voices? Stuff. Yeah, that gravelly... Yeah. Um, you know, that, that, that just, yeah, that, that methadone voice. I know what you're Isn't it great? <laughs> it's just like, dude, I, I, I'm kind of jealous of you that you get to be around that all the time. Because whenever I see oh, methadone... It's never boring. Like, yeah. Never, but there was always something... Like there's always something ridiculous going on. Oh yeah, and and that light in their eyes when when something good is going to happen to them, the joy in a Methodonian's face is like a kid on Christmas morning, like when they get something they want. It's just amazing. It's a spectacularly pleasurable thing. I love that. Um, but we should go. Um, I love I love that uh, we know each other and that here we are. And you think that we do a good thing? Yeah. You think that we're helping anybody with this thing? I do. I think anybody talking about this stuff on an honest level is mm. a good thing. You know, I don't think there's, I don't think there's enough honest conversation about it. I think there's, you know, a lot of, you know, I don't know. There's, there's not a lot of in between. You have like, you know, a lot of, a lot of AA, which, which I, I'm, you know, which we're, we're not really supposed to talk about, but, um, and then a lot of kind of, you know, the clinical stuff that that gets talked about, but you don't get a lot of just the, the unadulterated reality of it. And I think information is always a good thing. Right on. Yeah. It's helped me. I can say it's helped me. Like, you know, awesome. I, it, it's something that helps, helps me kind of keep my head in the right place. Cause it, 
you know, thinking about these stories, while I'm, I can laugh at them, there's certainly not a place I want to go back to. Totally. Hmm. You know, the other funny thing I, we, I meant to mention is that we also share, like, another prestigious institution in common. We ended up going to the same rehab. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we all did. We <laughs> all That's did. so yeah, funny. That's so funny. <laughs> we all did. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, we have <laughs> yeah. a whole bunch in common. Yeah. Well, yeah, listen, you guys, it's been, it's been a pleasure. And then we'll have to get together sometime. I yeah. would really love that. I, would, yeah. I think that would be really, 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 really cool. Um, yeah, I definitely want to just uh, free myself up to get down to the city and hang out. If you ever want to come and just do anything, hit me up because I would love to do that. Sounds good, man. All right. Did you watch my video right. yet? Did you watch my video of episode one? No. Um, how is it? It's on the website. It's no. It's not. Chris hasn't put it on the website. It's on YouTube. I want you. There's a minute version of it, and then there's a 26 minute version of it. And Dave spent. I spent weeks making this thing. 26 minutes making it. So, I'll, so please I'll check, check it out. out, and I'll uh, I'll let you know what I I'll I'll give you my uh, I'll give you my full review. So yeah, if I just YouTube dopey. Dopey Podcast Episode One Turkey Just Story. Dopey Podcast. Yeah, Chris says if you if you Google Dopey Podcast and press video, it'll pop up. And just do the video search. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely uh, I'll definitely check that out. All right, right on. And thank you for calling. And and we love hearing from you. And it's very cool that we get to reconnect. You know. In uh, the- it was a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, yeah, stay strong, Dopey Nation. Yes. Thanks, Jesse. All right, Jess. All right, guys. Have a good night. You too. Bye. That's so cool. I have a listener call in with a connection like that, and it's just amazing. You like that? I liked it a lot. You did? Yeah. That's good. Um, what do we have? What are you pointing at me for? Um, review of the week. Oh, should we do a review? Oh, yes, this is the iTunes. Well, say something more about Jesse. Is that it? Well, listen, I think Jesse is obviously very smart. I didn't know he worked in a methadone very clinic. He's very he handsome. Did, I forgot until he said that. Um... And uh, it's cool to me that we, that our lives were so parallel, but we didn't, you know, I didn't get high too much in high school and I wasn't on the baseball team, obviously. And he was a couple Was he years. actually on the baseball team or just, I thought the guy had known to him when I was on the baseball team. No, he was on the baseball team. Oh. He was, and you know, like he was like a, a dark figure in high school. He seemed uh, to say, not, he was sort of saying that he wasn't, I thought. Well, he was only dark that he seemed mysterious and handsome. He, he wasn't a typical guy from my high school. My high school was all nerds, you know, and he seemed cool, you know. But you have a review? Yeah, I have a bunch that I haven't even seen. So do a new one. Uh, oh, I like this one. I haven't read this one yet. Okay, this is from, have you seen this? Eat, Vape, F It. No. Okay, the, the the title of this... Oh, it's from Joey Pepper. Remember Joey Pepper? Oh, yes. You he, hated Joey Pepper. No, Joey Pepper hated us. No, 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 no. He, he was just... He's just funny, and he was trying to elicit a response from us, and you bought into it. Always. Yeah, so this guy would email us... idiot. And he would just say, like, the worst stuff about it, and it would drive Dave nuts. And you accused me. You accused me... Of being, of being Joey <laughs> Pepper. Yeah. Just to piss you off. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is um from Joey Pepper 77. This is the iTunes review of the week it was left on march 5th 2017 he says uh eat vape effort dudes it don't matter eat vape unwrap stuff it don't matter it's now just become part of the show and it's cool everything you guys do and then talk about not doing is what we like it's you guys shtick 
It's cool. Don't worry about it. Keep doing what you're doing. Love you guys. Joey Pepper. Joey Pepper. He was quite a thorn in my side. I remember last summer I went on vacation with my family, and we had done an episode that we were sure was the worst episode ever, and we kept saying it, and Joey Pepper wrote, he was like, you guys suck. That's the worst episode I've ever heard. You guys should stop making that. I don't remember what he wrote, but, but I remember I was very affected. Upstate. What are you uh, looking at? Uh, so this person said, I'm looking at some of the other new ones. Um, I'm going to read this one. This is another good one. Uh, awesome podcast. All names took. I love this podcast. I'm pretty new to podcasts in general and pretty new to sobriety. Like days new. It's been a rough 20 years of hard abusive. Countless rehabs and never going to do it again. I was a little worried about a drug podcast and sampled dozens until I found these guys. Now I've spent the last few days going back through all the old shows and it's been really helpful. I recommend this podcast to anyone. Nice. It's a lot. I, I, I never read any of these new reviews. Did you? Uh, I think they show up like later. They also don't show up chronologically anymore. Yeah. Um, and then we have um, a guy who said, more jail stories, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. The next episode, everybody, airing next week, is the Jail Stories Part 2. Yes. So you know. Yeah. Yes. And sorry, it's been a long time coming. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's it. All right. All right. Uh, drop us an iTunes review, and we'll read it. You could also uh, do all the other stuff. Yeah. Check out the video, and you got to put the video on the website. Yeah, I'll put it on the website. For Christ's sake. For Christ's sake. Jesse, thank you. Do we play a voicemail? Um, no, we have other voice memos we got to play, but it's too late now. What else do we do in this episode? Uh, we, we played my podcast. Yeah. What a, what a thrill <laughs> that was. Hello. <laughs> uh, change in behavior is indicative of alcohol <laughs> abuse. You know, uh, so, grades, uh, friends, family. If, so. any, if, any of you, if any of y'all have any LSD, <laughs> I reside in Brooklyn. <laughs> The BK at the rebound. <laughs> the rebound. Book. Hit me at the BK in the rebound. In the on, side. on the rebound. Holla back. <laughs> Holla back. Holla back. Anyway, stay strong, Dopey Nation. Yes, and two. And thank you, Jesse. That was thank great. you, Jesse. Thank you very much, Jesse. Toodles. You don't have to say toodles. It's unnecessary. I want to take a walk around the world. I wonder would it do me any good Until I get some money in my pocket Then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood But I want to be good so bad want to be so good, so bad, so bad I want to be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had and I want to take a ride up in the sky Watch this airplane just pass me by And I want to see a Lear jetliner take a dive Just to show all of these people what it means to be alive But I want to be good so bad Want to be so good, so bad, so bad I want to be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had.